brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Monday, December 10th, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, we discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense. We'd rather just laugh at a lot of the sports world whenever possible, because a lot of it is actually pretty funny. Happy Monday to you. We are happy to have you here with us on this Monday, and I do, right now, here on the Daily Dose, I actually have... Just a little bit of breaking news for you that you may not realize. Because today, December 10th, actually marks the fourth year anniversary of the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, we started the podcast after the radio show here in Denver. And honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, I thought it would last, I don't know, three or four months. But here we are. At four years and over 400 shows later. Now, who saw that coming? I'll tell you this. Not me. I can assure you of that. But hey, thank you to all of you out there who listen to the show. Genuinely, we would have stopped this long ago if not for you. So thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing the show, for rating the show, for contributing to the show, for subscribing to the show. All that you do is genuinely appreciated. I can't believe it's already been four years, but here we are. So thank you very much for that. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know what you are looking forward to maybe this week as we're getting closer to the holidays. Feel free to hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. You've got a question, if you've got a comment, if you would like to ask us how in the world have you lasted four years, feel free to send it. I don't know what my answer would be because I don't know either, but we would love to hear from you. And hey, real quick, it is now December. It is that holiday season. If you have some holiday shopping to do, make sure that you stop by tpublic.com and just search Daily Dose, and you're going to find Daily Dose t-shirts, Daily Dose hoodies, Daily Dose sweatshirts, Daily Dose coffee mugs, notebooks, cell phone cases, laptop cases, even stickers. Just want to go, I don't know, stick them on your coworker. And if you see an item that you would like us to add, reach out to us and let us know because we can add it over at tpublic. But everything over at Tee Public is reasonably priced, and those items can be shipped to you in plenty of time for the holidays. So make sure you stop by tpublic.com and check out the Daily Dose gear we have over there. Hey, today on the show, you know, like we do on many Mondays, we spent all weekend watching every kind of sporting event we could possibly get our eyeballs on. And today, on a lot of Mondays, we like to take a look back at what we learned from the weekend in sports. There's just, there's a lot of things you can pick up. There's a lot of things that we actually can learn just watching 
some of the sporting events that did take place over the weekend, I was able to learn a number of things this weekend. And let's get started in the NFL, because I learned something yesterday. I learned that these New England Patriots, they might have a couple of more issues, maybe than Patriots teams in the past. At least teams, you know, under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say the Patriots losing to the Miami Dolphins yesterday is anything more than a crazy miracle fluke. But those Patriots yesterday, they allowed Miami to stay in a game that it should have been over. I watched a good portion of that game and I'm saying, just put your foot on their throat and end this thing. And while a lot of it falls on the defense, and it does, there were also missed opportunities by Tom Brady and that offense. There were just too many mistakes. There were too many errant throws. And then, of course, defensively, too many big plays allowed. A Miami Dolphins offense with Ryan Tannehill and Brock Osweiler, at least who was in for a few plays, that offense averaged over nine yards per play on Sunday. That doesn't make any sense. That Dolphins offense rushed for nearly 200 yards. Still, the Patriots had a 33-28 to lead, and there's like seven seconds in the game left or whatever. The game is over. So as bad as the Patriots defense was, and as sometimes many mistakes as the Patriots offense made, the game is still over. They're still going to win the game. The Patriots are going to get away with it and manage to clinch another AFC East title. And then, on the final play of the game, this bizarreness happened. This play comes to us courtesy of CBS. Seven seconds left. Tannehill will throw it. And this will end it after the shovel. Or will it? Miami running around, circling. Oh, look out! Frankowski didn't have the angle. Touchdown! Oh, can you drink? A miracle! Yes, a 69-yard pass and lateral and lateral play. Somehow, I don't know how, the Miami Dolphins get a miracle win. But I do have to look at the Patriots in this. And I know it seems like every single year the Patriots drop one to Miami that they have no business losing. But I do wonder, watching this New England team, are they truly capable of making another one of these patented runs? Because this team does have some flaws. And I know the AFC is goofy, but I don't know if this New England team is capable of putting together one of those runs and taking it all the way to the Super Bowl. There may be a few other teams out there that could still trip them up. Hey, coming back, we still have a ton to get to today because we saw a little bit of an upset in the Heisman Award ceremony. College Hoops is going to have a new number one team and another big-time college football player is going to sit out his bowl game and get himself ready for the NFL draft. I'm not sure I like this trend, but I do understand it and we're going to talk about it when we get back. So continuing with what we learned from the weekend in sports, and I want to stay in the NFL for a few minutes, because we learned that the Dallas Cowboys somehow did not, in fact, choke yesterday in that game against the Philadelphia Eagles like they've been doing for the past, I don't know, 20 years. With the NFC East on the line, the Dallas Cowboys somehow come up with an overtime win to gain control of that NFC East and they pushed the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles just that much closer to elimination. And, you know, while so many people have been quick to bash Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, and how 
you can't build anything around him. And I'll hear some of that. You do need to surround him with a good defense. You do need to give him a good running game. But hey, you can't deny the game that Dak Prescott had yesterday. Dak throws for 455 yards and three touchdowns. Help that he had a good running game because Ezekiel Elliott ran for 114 yards and the Dallas defense holds the Eagles to just 256 yards. But I'll be honest with you, I'm watching the end of this game and I am feeling like there is a choke coming. Like you can kind of see Dallas going, hey, 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 slow down, take a breath. You're going to be all right. But it did feel like that choke was coming. Dallas had outgained Philadelphia. 576 yards to just 256 yards. And somehow you find yourself in overtime? That shouldn't be overtime. That should be a blowout. Hey, I thought Dallas was going to do it again. I thought they were going to choke again. But on the first possession of that overtime, the Cowboys drive down the field. They convert a fourth down. They get a little bit of a fortunate bounce on a deflection. And they would have ended up having to settle for a field goal. But instead, Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper scores the touchdown, and the Dallas Cowboys win the game, and they are now on top of that NFC East. I thought it was dicey for a minute. I didn't think they were going to get it done. Dallas has come back and taken over that NFC East. Hey, it was just a few weeks back. We're all looking at Dallas and saying, oh, you're done. You're done. This is over. Biggest change for them. That running game has gotten going, and that defense is playing better. Going to be interesting to see what the Dallas Cowboys can do the further along we get. You know, one other thing in the NFL that we learned We learned that while the Green Bay Packers have been awful for most of this year, and they have, they haven't looked very good. The offense doesn't have very many weapons. The defense looks very average. There's a number of people even looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying, dude, you're not doing enough either. They've already fired their head coach. But on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers, who has, like I said, raised some questions with his play. Whatever you want to say about him, there's one thing you can't say. He throws interceptions because he does not throw interceptions. On Sunday, the Packers quarterback breaks the record for most pass attempts without an interception. The previous record was 358 by Tom Brady back in 2010. But on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, Aaron Rodgers breaks that record. And he did it in style with a 24-yard touchdown pass to Randall Cobb. Now we get back to that same question. Is Aaron Rodgers the greatest quarterback of all time? I don't know. I don't know how you judge any of these things. I think he's in the conversation. But when you think back to Aaron Rodgers' career, the one thing you can't do, you can't sit there and say, hey, look at all these games he had where he threw three, four, five interceptions. That has just never happened with Aaron Rodgers. He is not a guy that goes out and just has these terrible turnover-prone games. He's never done that. He takes care of the football. There are times I wish he did a little bit more. There are times I wish he made his teammates around him a little bit better. And there are also times, especially this season, that we have seen... I don't know, maybe it's looked like he's checked out a little bit. I don't know if I like that part of it. But dude is not turnover prone. He takes care of the football as well as anyone ever has in NFL history. Hey, let's switch over to college football. Because it was the weekend of the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And we learned over the weekend that the SEC championship absolutely cost Heisman favorite Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa the award for being the top player in the game. All season. It has been Tagovailoa on top of the Heisman ratings. But remember, last week in that SEC championship against Georgia, he leaves the game with an ankle injury, and the Crimson Tide still managed to come from behind 
and beat Georgia with backup quarterback Jalen Hurts doing it. So then you start to think back and you go, hey, you know what? I think Alabama probably could have gone undefeated with Jalen Hurts in the lineup. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tagovailoa has been excellent, but we just saw Jalen Hurts come out here and win this game. Are you telling me he couldn't have done the same thing all year? Meanwhile, on that same day of the SEC championship, the Oklahoma Sooners beat the Texas Longhorns to win the Big 12 championship game, and Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray threw for nearly 400 yards. And those championship games are, in my opinion, absolutely what swung the vote. Hey, Tagovailoa was going to win it. That's not what happened. Kyler Murray wins the Heisman for the University of Oklahoma, giving them Heisman trophies in back-to-back seasons because you'll remember Baker Mayfield won it last year. But I said it last week. Hey, if you are Oklahoma or if you are an Oklahoma fan, I'm not sure I want that Heisman Award. I know you're all excited. Hey, our university gets another award and they get another trophy to put in the big trophy case. And that's really, really exciting. But remember, we have seen Heisman winners struggle a lot in their bowl games. Now, who does Oklahoma face in their game? Yes, that playoff game against the Alabama team that just got beat out for that same award. We have seen it. I don't know why it is, but teams come in with a chip on their shoulder and they say, hey, whatever happens today, Heisman winner, he's going to have a rough day. I don't know how the rest of this is going to go, but Heisman winner, you're not going to do well today. I don't know if I want to face an Alabama defense that now has something to prove. They're coming out and saying, oh, you didn't think our guy was good enough? Yeah, we'll see how this goes at the end of this game. I'll bet he'll be good enough when we're done with you. Maybe it's just me. I think I would have preferred to lose the Heisman battle, but win the playoff game war. I think I would have felt a lot better about that than winning that Heisman. Hey, congrats to Kyler Murray. Congrats to Oklahoma. I don't know if I would feel that great if I'm Oklahoma and Kyler Murray with that Heisman trophy on my mantle right now, though. Oh, and you know what? We learned one other thing on the subject of the Heisman. We learned that while the Heisman committee actually invited three players to the ceremony, ESPN that covered the event, yeah, they didn't really care. At the Heisman ceremony, of course, we saw Tua Tagovailoa, we saw Kyler Murray, but did you forget that they also invited Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins? Did you forget that? Or did you remember that? Because if you forgot it, don't worry, ESPN forgot it too. At least that's what they're trying to spin to us. Because right before they announced who was actually going to be the winner, they put up stats comparing the candidates, right? Did they put up Haskins? No. They only put up Tagovailoa and Murray. They didn't even put Haskins up on the screen. Hey, I understand that Tagovailoa and Kyler Murray were the favorites. I get all that. But if you look at the stats, Dwayne Haskins actually has thrown for more yardage than either one of them, which actually then makes me wonder if that is why ESPN didn't show his numbers, because they look better than the other two. Well done, ESPN. Way to not be agenda-driven. Hey, you know what? Maybe ESPN needs to just, I don't know, take a step back, focus on what they're good at. Go make the 30 for 30s. I like those. Give I don't know, sports person of the year awards to people no longer involved in sports, whatever. That seems to be more your thing than actually covering a Heisman Award. Why in the world would you not show Dwayne Haskins? 
His stats are phenomenal. If you put his stats up there, you go, hey, I don't know. It could be any one of the three. Why they did that, I don't know. But that was dirty. And we actually saw a couple of people on social media call him out for it. Bad, bad look by ESPN to do that, though. You know, staying in college football, we learned that another season and another group of players that are not going to stay with their teams for their college football bowl games. It was announced over the weekend that West Virginia quarterback Will Greer is going to be sitting out the Mountaineers Camping World Bowl game against Syracuse. That game is actually scheduled for December 28th. By the way, Vegas had the Mountaineers favored by six and a half points when that game opened. Now that Greer is out, that spread is down to two and a half points. I don't know. I guess Will Greer is worth four points. Anyway, he's not the only player doing this. And remember, we started to see this a year or two ago. We saw a few players sitting out saying, hey, season's over. I'm done. I'm not playing in my bowl game. I'm going to go get myself ready for the NFL draft. Just this year alone, we have a number of players doing it. South Carolina wide receiver Debo Samuel. Iowa tight end Noah Fant. LSU cornerback Greedy Williams. Houston defensive lineman Ed Oliver, who should go very high. There are a number of other players that are going to skip their bowl games. And look, I've told you before, I hate this look for college football. I really do. I hate the idea that in your bowl game, in the big finish, in the last game with your college teammates, you say, hey, I'm not doing this. I'm getting myself ready for the NFL. Sorry, guys. I got to leave. I got to check out. You're on your own. I hate the look of the entire process. And yet, I do. I understand it. I know. But there are so many bowl games. And there are so many bad bowl games. There are so many meaningless bowl games that have no value whatsoever. These guys do not want to risk a serious injury playing in the Camping World Bowl. Whatever that is. I have no idea. Anyways, these kids have a lottery ticket. All they have to do is cash it in by staying healthy. Again, I hate the look. I hate what it appears. I hate what it means to college football. But I totally get it. I totally understand it. One other thing I learned in college football, and I'm telling you right now, I'm a little bit disturbed by this story. And I don't know the best way to say this, but doesn't it always seem to be that the religious institutions make some of the, let's say, most dubious decisions sometimes? Well, we saw that again over the weekend. We saw a very, let's say, dubious coaching hire in regards to, say, character. And I'll give you a little bit of background. I've told you before here on The Dose, I grew up in church. I grew up going to church like five, six times a week, not to mention church school during the day all day. And I'll say this, playing in church league basketball leagues were the filthiest leagues I've ever been a part of. If you wanted to talk about someone trying to get a competitive edge and trying to, I don't know, bend the rules a little bit or maybe be a little bit dirty and overly physical with you, I promise you, you would see it in the church leagues. Well, in college football, we also see some dirty things going on. And guess who's doing them? The church schools are the ones doing them. Now, remember this. Remember a few years back when Baptist school Baylor hired Art Bryles? Do you remember that to be their head football coach? Now, Art Bryles, if you didn't know before, he was a high school football coach that had some big time success coaching high school football. But he also had a reputation for letting his players run completely wild. A lot of players get in trouble. 
and Art Bryles just wearing blinders and saying, I didn't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. Now get out there and play on Friday night. You remember all that? And then he gets the job at Baylor. And all of a sudden, women on Baylor's campus are being raped like it was the Old West or, I don't know, Boulder, Colorado under Gary Barnett or something. Well, on Friday, Liberty University, a private Christian university in Virginia, which was actually founded by the Reverend Jerry Falwell, they hired a new head football coach. Now, let's stop and think about this. Who would a school like Liberty hire? You go out there, you get a high character guy. I'm going to go get a good guy, a quality person that I can sit there and say, hey, whatever we do on the football field, whatever we represent on the football field, I know this, we are going to bring high character. We are going to be teaching our athletes the right way. We are going to do things the right way. So who does Liberty go get? On Friday, they go hire former Ole Miss head coach, Hugh Freeze. Now, do you remember Hugh Freeze at all? Anything there? Ring a bell about Hugh Freeze? Because Hugh Freeze was the guy that kept violating NCAA recruiting rules. Remember there for a while, just like a few years ago, all of a sudden, the Ole Miss Rebels are pulling recruits and we're like, Ole Miss? How are you getting some of the top talent in the country? No one goes to Ole Miss. I understand that you have the Florida schools, you have the California schools, you have the Texas schools, you have the Big Ten schools, some of those schools, they can pull some big-time recruits. No one goes to Ole Miss. How in the world is Ole Miss getting all these top-notch recruits? Well, come to find out, Hugh Freeze, the head coach at Ole Miss, was doing some shady things and giving maybe some improper benefits and, you know, things like cash and overlooking some behavior and basically just letting kids do whatever they want. He was getting some big-time recruits and violating a ton of NCAA rules in the process, which, by the way, landed Ole Miss, you know, with some recruiting violations and sitting out bowl season and stuff like that. Oh, that wasn't it. That's not all Hugh Freeze did. He was also apparently calling prostitutes from his desk at work at Ole Miss. That's who Liberty Witten got. Perfect hire Liberty. What better guy to lead some young Christian men Outstanding work, Liberty. I'm sure going out and getting Hugh Freeze, that'll never come back to bite you. This will probably be the last we hear of it. You'll turn around your football program. All of a sudden, you'll be rolling. Well done, Liberty. Way to go get the sketchiest character you could possibly get. Hey, coming back, we need to finish up what we learned from the weekend in sports. Like I said, we did see an upset in college basketball. We're going to have a new number one team. Oh, and you're not going to believe this, but boxing actually got something right for a change. Who saw that coming? Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, and now we are officially into that silly season where you've got to do all of that holiday shopping, maybe you have someone on your list that you're not exactly sure what to get. You need to make sure that you stop by lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. December's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Scavenge. What you build depends on what you can scavenge. We've searched through the rubble. We've made some fortunate finds from the fantastic to the downright alien. So get ready for a collection of seriously cool exclusive gear. December's Loot Crate theme features items from Transformers Bumblebee, Dungeons & Dragons, Escape from New York, and Fallout. 
But if none of those franchises interest you, remember, you can always go over to Loot Crate and you can choose from a huge selection of crates or you can just go over there and find individual items and they have just about any franchise you can possibly think of over there. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose every day. So don't worry about what to get that difficult person on your holiday shopping list. Just make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com first. So let's finish up with what we did learn from the weekend in sports. And we did learn a number of things. But let's move over to college basketball. Because we learned that College Hoops is going to have a new number one team. Because the Gonzaga Bulldogs lost on Sunday to number seven, Tennessee. The Volunteers actually hit a three-pointer with 24 seconds left. And Gonzaga had a few shots at the end to try to tie it. They couldn't knock anything down. Here's what's kind of weird. And here's what kind of stood out to me. I didn't think this was even true. But for the first time in his 31-year career, Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes beats a number one team. He's never done that. Everywhere Rick Barnes goes, he wins. He's been very, very good. Sometimes I question some of the things he does. But he's been very, very good everywhere he goes. Yesterday, the very first time he's ever beat a number one team. Now, I believe Gonzaga going down is going to put undefeated Kansas back on top of the polls if they can make it cleanly through this week. We'll see if the Jayhawks can survive. But you know, I know there's a ton of talk about Duke, and understandably so. They're getting a ton of attention. But there are a number of very, very good college basketball teams out there this year. We've got Gonzaga, we've got Duke, we've got Virginia, we've got Kansas. We have a number of other teams out there that we haven't even talked about yet here on The Dose. College basketball, for all of its flaws, and for all the things that are sometimes a little sketchy about it, college basketball is going to be very, very fun to watch all season. You know what? We may have to start jumping into college hoops a little bit this week on The Dose. Don't be surprised to hear us talking some college basketball, and you know, I'll just tell you this, some NBA a little bit more here on The Dose as those seasons are now fully underway. Finally, we learned that every once in a while, it doesn't happen very often, and I've told you a number of times here on The Dose, boxing gets so many things wrong again and again and again. But every once in a while, they get something right, and they did it this weekend. And you know what I've noticed? When boxing gets something right lately, it seems like it involves lightweight fighter Vasily Lomachenko. On Saturday night, Lomachenko, considered by most everyone to be the pound-for-pound champ, he unifies the lightweight titles by beating what was a very, very tough fighter, Jose Pedraza. Lomachenko wins a unanimous 12-round decision. Now, here is where boxing got it right. First and foremost, the fight was free on ESPN. No $119 or whatever on pay-per-view. And, wait for it, it's going to get better. It was actually a highly entertaining fight. Lomachenko's in a little bit of a battle. He had to use, don't get me wrong, his incredible boxing skills, but he had to use every bit of those skills to eventually wear out Pedraza and put him away. Now, I'm watching the fight. I'm enjoying the fight. Really, really good fight. Lomachenko outboxes Pedraza most of the night. But you could make a case for a couple of rounds going to Pedraza. No question about that. Then, in the 11th, Lomachenko hurts him. And he just starts landing. And I mean, he's landing some heavy, heavy shots. And I give a ton of credit to Pedraza. He got his head torn off numerous times. He went down twice, but he kept getting back up. 
I mean, it was to the point where I was wondering if the ref should step in and stop it because, hey, give Pedraza, like I said, a ton of credit. He is a tough guy. He wouldn't go down for the longest time. And then he just kept standing back up. He just kept coming. That is a very, very tough guy. But at some point I'm sitting there going, hey, does the ref need to protect him from himself? Because he's not going to quit. Like he's going to go out on his shield if it comes down to that. Just don't let him get hurt. So Pedraza survives and he makes it through the final round and we're waiting for the decision. As I'm waiting for the decision, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, I've got Lomachenko probably winning eight rounds to maybe four with two knockdowns in one of the rounds. So I've got Lomachenko winning easily. And I'm thinking, you know what? If Pedraza is a Golden Boy promoted fighter, worst case scenario, he's getting a draw. He is getting a draw. Now, the decision comes out. Lomachenko wins a unanimous decision. The scorecards really weren't that close. But boxing actually got something right on Saturday. Hey, let's all be thankful that Oscar De La Hoya was nowhere near this fight. We actually got a reasonable decision. We actually got a good night in boxing. It was an entertaining fight. It was a fair and just decision. And like I said, the thing I'm noticing is that every time lately, Vasily Lomachenko is involved, we're getting good stuff. We're getting positive stuff. I love his skills as a boxer. I love the way Vasily Lomachenko carries himself. There's no posturing. There's no trash talk. There's no trying to hype up this fight. I want to see the fight because he's a good fighter and because he's fighting another good fighter. I don't need all the hype. I don't need Floyd Mayweather telling me he's going to fight some silly kickboxer or Oscar De La Hoya telling me that Canelo Alvarez is a way better fighter than I'm seeing with my very own eyes. Lomachenko just goes out and does his job. But you know what? Again, more importantly, he's surrounding himself with quality people. He's not getting the shady promoters. He's not getting the horrible managers. Right now, in boxing, Vasily Lomachenko is a rare bright spot in a filthy, disgusting, nasty sport that desperately needs a bright spot. On Saturday night, I was extremely thankful for Vasily Lomachenko and just the way he is operating in what is a very, very filthy sport. Hey, tomorrow on the show, like I said, the NBA and college hoops are now rolling along. We are going to be discussing a lot of basketball this week on The Dose. Plus, we'll be keeping up with the latest and greatest in the world of sports news. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Monday. For all of you that share the show, it's appreciated. Remember, if you're not subscribed to The Dose, wherever it is that you listen, please be sure that you click that little subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a single episode. Also, be sure to stop by tpublic.com today. Get some of that holiday shopping done by picking up some of the latest Daily Dose gear. Hey, I do have to say thank you all so much for four years. I can't believe it's been four years here on The Dose, but let's keep this rolling. I have to say thank you to GSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.